Hi everyone, welcome to my podcast where we talk all things that are most dear to the heart. I'm Bobby Houston, co-senior pastor of Hillsong Church and founder of the Color Sisterhood. I'm passionate about seeing all people find Jesus as Saviour and gain a revelation of their value in Him and then rise up to make a stand for justice in the earth. This is a place that you'll hear from me, the Color Sisterhood team and some of our beloved friends. To find out more and stay up to date, please visit bobbyhouston.com and connect with me on Instagram, Facebook, and Twitter. Hi, everyone. That's how we like to start things. Hey, welcome to the Friendship Table. It's so great to have you here. I am Beck Wood and I have some awesome friends yeah. joining me this morning and we're so happy that you're here. You may notice I'm not using a computer, but I didn't want to disappoint anyone, so I've still had post-its prepared. <laughs> so we have the, hi, Bobby. I don't know how long this is going to last. Oh, and yeah. it is Cassandra's birthday, so happy birthday, Yay! Cass. Happy birthday. And this is guaranteed. LOL. Hello. That's yep. going to happen for sure. I'm running out of space. Oh, this is not a great top for this. <laughs> I'll just shout out to City and North Shore. Hey. They have represented this morning. Um, happy birthday, Cass, LOL. And the others are my scriptures, so I'm done. It is amazing to me how in preparation for today, how much time this took in my head. So I have delivered and now we can well move done, on with the morning. Yes. Are you happy to be here? Yeah, very. So pumped. Okay, that's awesome. Now is I'm going to introduce the rest of the table. Some of you may be familiar, probably many, with um, Nat Pingle. So Nat Pingle is a beautiful lady in our church. <laughs> lady. A lady. Do you like that? I'm a lady. Yes. You're a lady. Yes. And she's the pastor at Alexandria. Alexandria. Yes, which right. is how I like to say it too. Um, <laughs> She is an awesome campus pastor. She's part of the team here. She's a beautiful friend and she's so delightfully pastoral and prophetic. And um, I know she's going to give great insight into today. So I'm really excited about that. This here is Katie. Oh, look, I'm all arms today. Yeah. Yeah. Um, this here is Katie Dodson. Um, many may have seen her leading worship here at the Hills Campus, but um, on many different platforms. She actually sings like an angel yeah, and she is. makes me sound better. I'm going to put my glasses on now so I can see. Oh, look at her. Oh, She's so beautiful. Um, <laughs> she came to college in 2004 as an 18 year old. So some of you already done that math. And um, <laughs> she has been a part of our church ever since. She's on staff at college. Yes. As a trainer and running the worship music stream and been on team in Hillsong College for 10 years. Yes, I can't wow. believe it's been 10 years. It's been so quick, but such an honor. That's long service leave time. Uh, yes. Okay. <laughs> Let's um, go. She has served consistently in our creative team. Yeah. And at one time, Adam, oh, you were the Southwest creative pastors there. That's yeah, a, along with her, hus her husband, Adam, who is regularly on keys. They've just had their first little baby, Riley Rose. Yeah. What a cute name. She's destined Beautiful. to be a star. Riley Rose. Oh, she's definitely a star. That's a super name. <laughs> and she's cheeky. Um, and they both serve in volunteering church. So yeah. I'm so happy to have you here. Thanks for having me. I think it's so funny because when I asked her, she laughed and said, are you sure? <laughs> and I was like, well, I was. Until <laughs> <laughs> you said that. But no, yes, I am very happy that you're here. You Thank also you. love food, but we all love food, but maybe you have a special appreciation for it. I eat a lot of it. Okay. Oh. My husband makes his own sourdough bread. Oh. And, so let's just say I eat a lot of bread. Okay. 
<laughs> Sourdough is supposed to do it. Anyway, the next person who I'm super excited for you to meet, and I think since I met her, actually, I don't even know, maybe five or six years ago, there is Sarah Lou. She, hey. is, she and her husband are part of our North Shore campus here in Sydney. But the she, best, by the way. Not oh, sure. okay. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> it is pretty good. Alan Yam and Renee will definitely attest to that. So, yeah, he's in here. He's shaking his arm. Um, Sarah is like an amazing woman. And I think from the moment I met you, I was yeah. like, oh, my gosh, everybody needs to know you. Yeah. She is the founder and managing director. I am reading this because I don't want to get it wrong. <laughs> Go <laughs> for it. My brain could be slightly cloudy. Um, she is the founder and managing director of the Dream Collective, which is a global diversity and inclusion consultancy. Wow. She has been an APAC advisor on the Japanese Prime Minister's Cabinet. Uh huh. Wow. She's represented Australia at the G20. She's advised public and private sector on gender equality and she's, she sits on the advisory board for UTS University. Yeah. Okay. <laughs> she is actually still human. And <laughs> as much as that, like, puts you right out, I just have to ask. Yes. You have consulted the Japanese government. Yes. Wow. Okay. Yes. Um, well, if you think about, like, the situation... In Japan, I don't know how familiar people are, but you know it's extremely male-dominated. So mm -hmm. very often, I walk into a room and there's like 200 Japanese men above 55, I think, at the youngest. Um, so I think very often it feels quite daunting, but I just feel like you know God's put me there for a purpose. Yeah. So whenever I'm in there, I'm ready to go, and wow. <laughs> it's been a phenomenal experience. But I love it. But that also means a lot of traveling. Oh, yeah. So I'm grateful for sort of COVID a little bit, you know, oh, in terms of, of just being able to stay a bit grounded for a while. Yeah, well, I'm so happy and thank you so much for making time for today because I know that you push things around for that. But just to make her feel a little bit human, I have also heard that previously you actually competed in eating. Yes, that's right. So I used to be a competitive eater. When oh. I, yeah, <laughs> I'm sorry, wait, yeah. I hate that job. I'm I'm gonna that's something I could excel at. Oh, yeah. So when Katie was like, oh, I eat a lot. I'm like, yeah, you haven't met me. <laughs> <laughs> is this a thing? It's yes. a thing. Is so, it still a thing? Yeah. I mean, yeah. So like it started when I was actually studying in Gosh. Japan. When I was in university, I was a poor student. And there are restaurants who says that, oh, if you can eat like three bowls of ramen, you get the meal for free. Oh, yeah. Sweet. So of course you would do that, right? Um, oh. Yeah, that's when the journey started. <laughs> and yeah, on the average day, I can have about 60 chicken nuggets. 60? 60. 60. 60. 60. Oh, okay, so not only <laughs> were you competitive, but you actually would have won. Oh, yeah. So oh, yeah. I think my highest record was second place um, in a <laughs> province in Japan. I have a, my name engraved in a restaurant in Nagoya, <laughs> Japan. Yeah. Did you yeah. get a trophy? No, it's like a chicken really for honour, you know, oh, you don't really get a trophy, you get okay. a free meal. <laughs> <laughs> we should do a contest. I'll have bread, you have... <laughs> oh, OK. <laughs> this is going to go down at the end of today. I think I'm going to throw my hat in the ring too. Um, anyway, it's so awesome to have you be part of the table and, and really contribute mm. your story and your thoughts on what we're going to share and get to now. Thank you. Um, Bobby, we love you. Thank you for this table. Thank you for everything that it's represented and the yeah. conversations that have come from here have been so rich yeah. 
And I, I love the thought and the stories that we hear back is that hopefully from what comes of this, people feel um, like equipped and encouraged that you reading the Bible and sharing your take actually is a blessing to people. Mm. So the revelations that you get when you read the Word and getting around with girlfriends and chatting about it is so enriching, so not just yeah. to your life to speak it out loud, but to the lives of other people and to hear different people's takes because it was actually so funny when I invited these girls on, when I found out I was doing this and I knew what I wanted to share straight away and I was thinking who I wanted on, and then I reached out and everyone came back with something different. Mm -hmm. Everyone came from a different angle and a different tack. So I really think that's gonna bless people this morning. Okay, so the thought that I have, you know, um, the last couple of weeks we've been talking about um, what really matters. And I think something that is key to me and I think I've really come to appreciate and understand, something that really matters to me is contentment. Mm. Um, Contentment I have found over the years is something that has steadied me yeah. and um, given me a level of consistency and to find, cons uh, to find contentment in every season of your life. I just think what a beautiful thought to think that it's something we can continually grow in. Yeah. You know, a couple of weeks ago, we did a whole series or a couple of weeks in a row on aged and aging. And I think for someone to grow in contentment yeah. as we get older, yeah. Um, what a gift to them, but also what a gift to the people in their lives. So I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to jump into it now. I've got three thoughts from three different scriptures and then we're going to throw it open to the girls here because I know that um, they have something to speak into it too. So it's good. Okay, you ready? Good. The first thing, um, the first scripture that I want to give context to is where Jesus talked about it. Um, it's a portion of scripture which when I, I love, when I, when I, think about this or I share a thought with someone, with a friend or in any kind of scenario, I like to give the context of where this is from. And it's mm. a part in the scripture where Jesus has his disciples and they are like flying high. They're like loving life. It's a part of the scripture where crowds have actually started gathering and coming from like up to five cities away. They've like, they've heard that Jesus is in town, that he's talking, mm. that he's giving attention to people, that he's sharing messages, that people are being healed. And the disciples, like they must've just thought they were in like heaven. They must've thought, oh my gosh, we are legit legends. Like, look at this, <laughs> like, look at all these people. Mm. And, um, I think it's so awesome that straight out of this, in the high, which it would have been a real high, um, in Matthew 5, it talks about how Jesus took them, his disciples, and he brought them close. He actually withdrew from the crowd. Mm. He withdrew from the high. Mm. Um, he brought his disciples close to him. And it talks about them being climbing companions. Like he withdrew from the crowd, he walked up a hill and he drew his disciples in and he sits them down, he has their attention. Mm. And he's, he's like, okay, so, so, and it makes me wonder if what he wanted to say to them, he didn't feel, he, he obviously didn't feel, I don't know, for whatever reason, he couldn't say to the crowd. Maybe they weren't ready for it or maybe they weren't up for it. Mm. But to pull them aside and get their attention, like mm. to eyeball them and lock yeah. them in. And, he, and then he goes into what a lot of people would be familiar with is the Beatitudes. Mm. And he goes through this list of things and he goes like, let me tell you 
when you're really blessed. Mm. I kind of feel like they would have already been feeling blessed. Mm. I think they would have been feeling like they were nailing life. They, they were in on the cool, like the best group. They were um, intense with Jesus. Everyone was gathering around them. Mm. But then he draws them in and he goes, no, let me tell you when you're really blessed. Mm. Let me tell you what a blessed life actually really looks because I want to frame that for you. Mm. I want to I paint a picture of what that is like for you. Mm. And in Matthew 5, 5, it says, you're blessed when you're content with just who you are. No more, no less. Mm. That's the moment you find yourselves proud owners of everything that can't be bought. It's beautiful. And I think for Jesus to take such time in reiterating to us that the way that we've been created, who we are as a person is, is by design. It's mm. on purpose. I think, I think that verse in itself speaks to our identity and finding out who we are in Christ. Mm. And that from that comes this rich contentment. And it's this contentment that lets us understand you don't need anything else. Very good. I am who you yeah. need. I, I have given you and you will really find who you are in me. Mm-hmm. Um, I just, I think, I think it's such a beautiful thing because I think in our minds and in our heads and just in general life, there's so many other things that can frame for us what a really blessed life is. Yeah. And I just love that he was so intentional to take time and intent to speak that over them. The mm-hmm. next one is when um, Paul picks it up with um, like later on, obviously in the church and in Philippians 4, 11, 13, it says, not that I spit and I look, I'm using the amplified. I hope you're okay with it. It's wordy, but <laughs> we're girls and we can handle it. Yeah. Okay. <laughs> so in um, Philippians 4, 11, it says, not that I speak from any personal need, for I have learned to be content and self-sufficient through Christ." through Christ, satisfied to the point where I'm not disturbed or uneasy, regardless of my circumstances. I know how to get along and live humbly in difficult times. And I also know how to enjoy abundance and live in prosperity. In any and every circumstances, I have learned the secret of facing life, whether well-fed or going hungry, whether having abundance or being in need." Philippians 4.13, which I feel like so many people are familiar with, it mm. then goes on into, I can do all things, all things which He has called me to do through Him who strengthens and empowers me to fulfil His purpose. Yeah. I am self-sufficient in Christ's sufficiency. I am ready for anything Beautiful. and equal to anything through Him who infuses me with inner strength and confident peace. Beautiful. What an extraordinary stance for any human on the earth to stand with that confidence mm. that whether I am, whether I'm abounding or whether, whether I have lot or whether I have little, I know I can be content because Christ is with me yeah. and through Him, I can do all things. I think contentment brings an incredible confidence to our daily walk. Yeah, yeah. When we know we have grace, enough grace for today. I was listening to a podcast recently and I loved it because the way that um, Lady phrased it was, she goes, you don't need a lifetime of grace today. You mm-hmm. just need grace for today. Yeah. Yeah. And I think with that comes an incredible confidence. Mm. And then the final one, which is flipped over here in um, 1 Timothy 6, 6, which I'm seriously, I'm going through my notes. I'm like, 
Now, I can't even remember where Timothy is. Where is it? The New Testament. Anyway, I, I got it. I got it. It's okay. We found it. So 1 Timothy 6, 6, which says, Yet true godliness with contentment is, is in itself great, great wealth. Wow. And I feel like what this one talks to is um, conviction. Because we can find contentment in lots of things. I would say they're flailing. I would say that they don't last. But when we when we pair when we pair like we match up godliness with contentment, it's such a rich wealth in our life. And I feel like when we match it with godliness, that takes care of pushing things like comparison away. Totally. Because we find a contentment in in the godliness, in rightness, in who God is and what He's done for us. Yeah. It takes care of comparing ourselves yeah. or being envious or, not, or wondering, um, should I have more? Should I have less? Where am I at life? Mm. Should I sit back? Or um, I wish I had what they had, you know, like all those kind of stuff. So... That is generally my thought for today that I really wanted to share. I really felt impressed. And, and I have to say, I have been praying for this, for this mm. table and for this morning. And I think what I would just love for us to get out is, is what better conversation to have with real girlfriends yeah. is mm. to talk about how content you are and where your, your contentment comes from. Yeah. Um, like I said before, when I was talking to the girls and I reached out to everyone, I reached out to Nat and I was like, um, so this is what I'm thinking about. What do, you, what do you think? And I think Nat being so pastoral, <laughs> she came straight back with, well, I, I'd really like to talk into discontent. Yeah. 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 I mean, I think for all of us, I think we've all gone through a year of like a lot. Yeah. Um, yeah all of the feels, we've all experienced so much. Um, and, you know, I love the thought of contentment and I feel like sometimes age can bring that sense of like feeling comfortable in your skin and, you know, just kind of sitting. Um, but that's not necessarily an age thing. I think that can be a season thing. Mm-hmm. Um, but I just thought like what would be really cool for us to share around um, is, you know, the, the other side of that coin. So you've got a coin of contentment. Mm-hmm. Um, and often like we, when we spin that coin or we flip that coin, it can land content side up or it can land discontent side up. And it's it's one and the same coin. And I think as believers, as um, we grow in our maturity, and that's why I love the table is because this actually fosters a sense of vulnerability where we can go, hey, like this is what the Bible says. This is what 1 Timothy says, but I just don't feel like I'm actually there. Yeah. Um, you know, and I think that that's, that's the beauty about this table. And that's what I love about sisterhood. And of course, you know, at the end, we have margin in, um, in our programs, our sisterhood programs to sort of unpack that locally. And I think that's the that's the power of sisterhood. It's always been the power of sisterhood, like the young and the old coming alongside one another, encouraging one another, spurring one another on. And so I thought I would just kind of talk a little bit about discontentment um, because I feel like, you know, for me personally, like there's been um, many things. I, I haven't had like a majorly hard life. Like, I mean, I think I've had a good life, um, but there's always seasons of discontentment. And, you know, I think um, if we call a spade a spade, we can all think in our lives where we've had moments of discontentment, whether that's, you know, you're not married yet or you're looking for a life partner, you're wanting children, you want a house, like all of these things. And, and you know, really discontentment, if you look at the definition of that, and I'll read it to you, it says, discontentment is defined as dissatisfaction 
for, with one circumstances, lack of contentment, a restless desire or craving for something one does not have, a longing for better times or circumstances. You know, so I think we can all find ourselves somewhere on that coin, you yeah. know, like mm. landing discontent side up. Um, and I, I know for me, like just recently I had a um, a bit of a sleepless night. I mean, I think we've all had sleepless nights. You have had sleepless nights for other reasons because you've got a small child. Um, but, you know, I woke up and I was really like wrestling with something and I was like, Ugh, you know, just like feeling a bit icky about it. Um, and it was, it came from a place of discontentment. I was like, enough's enough. Like I'm over this. Mm. Um, and, you know, I, what I did is I got up out of bed. I think that's often a really good, a good thing to do. Um, and I ran into um, my lounge room and I've kind of got a, like an L-shaped lounge and I knelt down in the crook of that lounge um, and I actually just cried. I just was like, God, I need you to, to come and like come into this situation. I need you to speak to me. Um, and you know, like that's the thing about discontentment. It can bring us to our knees um, in despair. Um, but what I believe the Bible tells us to do is that we would use that discontentment, the things that you're longing for, the desires that are in our heart, they're good desires, like the mm. desire to have a child. It's a good desire and the discontentment that that can breed, the desire to you know, have a house for your family and your children to grow up in a place. They, they, these are good desires. And you, know, you can get to a point where it's like over time, that like weight of that, of not seeing that come to pass, it can be disappointing. Mm. Um, and you know, I know for me, like when I was on my knees in my lounge room and I just cried out to God and I, I prayed in tongues because I didn't know what to pray. Like it was just like a, oh, like God, I just need you to break through. Um, and it was like the Good Shepherd, you know, we've, we talked about Psalm 23 yeah. at um, the very start of the friendship table. And I think about um, what that says, the, um, here it is. I should know it. Like, I mean, we've read this this psalm like a thousand times, but it says this, the Lord is my shepherd, I lack nothing. We're talking about discontentment, yeah. like that yeah. sense of feeling lack of not having, I lack nothing Beautiful. because yeah. the Lord is my shepherd. Yeah. And I felt like in that moment, as I was on my knees, it was like the good shepherd, Jesus, he reached out his crook <laughs> and he pulled me back in. I was, yeah. and he, he made me remember what it was all about. He, he fixed my eyes upon him. And you know, all throughout the Bible, there are um, people and stories of discontentment. I was thinking about Absalom and you know, for him, he was David's son and he was very bitter and, um, you know, he was really vying for attention from David. He wanted, he wanted the throne. And it reads in um, 2 Samuel, it talks about um, what he would do. He would stand at the gate um, and all of these people would come in to the king, so to, to mm. David, and he would kind of go, you know what, the king's not gonna, he's not gonna listen to you, come, come to me. And he, it was like he gathered the disgruntled, he gathered mm. the discontent. Um, and I think like, um, especially now, and like now is a time for to surround ourselves with the right voices. Yeah, right. Don't look for the Absaloms in our world, which are gonna yeah. be like, no, no, come in, come yeah. in here, let, let me share. Let, don't go to the good shepherd, don't go to the king. Let, let me come and, and administer justice. That, that's not true justice, that's not real 
justice, just true justice comes from the father. Um, and, you know, I think about the, the persistent widow who yeah. she kind of, you know, she had all odds going against her. Like, I mean, she would be a woman um, who sat on the coin of discontentment, like that landed right side up, probably, I would say. Um, and this beautiful woman, like she just contended and contended. She kept going back to the judge and asked the judge to act on her behalf. And the judge, he wasn't a good man. He was an evil man. Um, he was just like, right, just to get her off my back, I'll, I'll let her have what, what she wants. You know, like if you think about God, who is a good God, mm. He wants good for us. He desires that we would lack no good thing. Yeah. As a shepherd, yeah. you know, in Psalm 23, I lack nothing. If we come to the Father and Spurgeon calls our prayers, um, our, our tears, he calls them liquid prayers, which mm. I just love. love. I love that. Yeah. I love it. I love it. He, the um, Psalms talks about our tears being bottled. And as we cry those cry those things from that place of discontentment, of um, being frustrated with where possibly you, you sit in life right now. Let's not go to, you know, the things of the world that are going to seemingly bring us contentment or, or truth. Yeah. Let's go to the Good Shepherd. Um, and that could be in tears, that could be in this space around a table, yeah. um, but that's where we're going to find true true contentment is when we come to the, the Good Shepherd. Oh, I, yeah. So, yeah, I was... do love. I do love that um, that that's what you came back with mm. when I talked about contentment because I think that discontent is something that you know we can face. It's real, but yeah. we have some way to take it. Yeah. I also love Katie. She was so funny because she was legit. Like, are you sure? But then I think you worked <laughs> out. Yeah, that contentment is probably something that has been undergirding you mm. for quite some time. Oh, wow. Yeah, yeah. Your text um, really prompted some thought and reflection and. It reminded me of a time where, you know, there, there could have been a lot of discontentment and there were days of that. Mm -hmm. But Adam and I, my husband, we actually walked in a lot of, um, a lot of contentment about our situation. We met in college um, many years ago and um, we were engaged in 2008 and we ended up being engaged for just about a year because we were in a standstill. We knew we were called to Australia. We knew Hillsong Church was our home. We knew it was here in Sydney but we were students, international students. We were managing coffee shops. My husband had two weeks left on his visa mm -hmm. and I just had a few months left and we felt like we exhausted all of our options and we're sitting with an immigration lawyer and he just looked at us and he said, go home to the States, get married, come back and Katie, you come back and do a full-time master's, which was not my plan. Wow. <laughs> I'm not the most studious person ever. <laughs> And so we're like, okay. And literally four weeks from that appointment, we were married and it was just a whirlwind. And we come back to Australia and we had nothing. You know, to be really honest, it's probably not the best financial plan, but we put everything on US credit cards, like wow. tickets, um, my master's tuition, because there was no other viable way for us to actually do what we felt God right. was calling mm -hmm. us to do. And it was a season where there was a, a, some frustration. There was a lot of challenge mm -hmm. and so much uncertainty, but we had certainty. We knew we will regret this for the rest of our lives if we're not yeah. obedient. Yeah. And it was our faith, it was our faith jump. And it's just absolutely amazing because when you think about that scripture you shared in 1 Timothy um, chapter 6, verse 6, and it says, um, godliness with contentment is great gain. Wow. And the passage goes on and talking about the love of money is the root of evil. Mm -hmm. And those pers um, 
pursuing worldly wealth. I think in that season, if we pursued worldly wealth, if we pursued the certainty of being with family in America, we had opportunity, um, ministry opportunity and everything and connections in America. I think if we pursued that, I really think we would have lived with the sense of what if. Mm. And we just had contentment in being obedient, mm. even though it looked like having an esky for a fridge because we couldn't afford oh a fridge. <laughs> And putting a little bit of milk um, and butter in it and filling it up with ice every couple of days, you know, for a season and not having a bed and not having a washer for a little bit. But you know what? God provided and we, we pursued obedience. And I think that cultivates godliness in our lives Mm -hmm. so that when God does add to our lives, it's not, that's where I'm getting contentment. Yeah. I'm getting my contentment from being obedient. Mm -hmm. And I also think that we can think of contentment as being passive. Yeah, right. But that season was challenging. Mm -hmm. And there is actually contending in the contentment, Mm -hmm. if that makes sense. Um, There were so many layers and challenges besides the financial challenge, like halfway through one of my semesters, circumstances beyond my control. Um, I had to change where I was studying. So it ended up, I had to do a full semester of master's study in half the time. Oh. And then the whole reason why I was doing my master's was to put us on a pathway for permanent residency within Australia. And then towards the last semester of my study, immigration laws changed and it turned out that my, vo- my study voided it. Like there was no pathway for us to PR. And it seemed hopeless, but we just knew we needed to be obedient and God would provide. And there was a song that we actually sung quite a bit in that season. And it's a Brooklyn Tabernacle song and it's called My Help. And it's based off of the Psalm, Psalm 121. And it talks about our help coming from the Lord to lift up our eyes. He is the keeper of our souls forever and evermore. And... I think one of the sources of finding true contentment Mm. is remembering that He is our good shepherd, like Nat Mm -hmm. shared. And like Genesis 15, verse one, um, what God said to Abram, He said, I am your exceedingly great reward. I am your shield. And I think that season was us Mm. reminding ourselves over and over again of that. And 22 visas later, my husband is an admin king and he, <laughs> oh he, he is so good. But he did the math and he's like, okay, so our journey towards, we're now citizens. Yay. Oh, Thank man. you, Jesus. It was 22 visas. Wow. And it was a huge journey, but God is so faithful to add to our lives. We have a beautiful daughter. And I can testify that we now own a home. So good. And to us, it's a monument to the faithfulness Beautiful. of God. Yeah. That He is our delight and that Come we on. can be content in Him mm. and we can contend in seasons, um, mm. but know that he, He'll add to our lives. Oh, Katie, wow. It's such a powerful story, like sharing. I don't so know that good. everyone would know that, mm. about that that's what you've really contended with. Mm. You know, over the last years, it's really powerful. And I definitely want Sarah <laughs> to chime in now. Yeah. And I think I, as I was listening to Katie and your story and that as well, I really resonated because I think 
contentment is such an interesting thing. I think it's just like when, and I'll share sort of how my experience and my journey with contentment yeah. is. I think, you know, when you look at the headlines, people might think, you know, Sarah, of course you're content, you know, you live in plenty um, mm. and you seem to have achieved a lot. So it's easy for you to say. But in fact, um, I know what it is to be in need, in want and in lack. Mm -hmm. You know, I... Um, when I started trying to start my business, I was like in between jobs. I had $75 in my bank account and I still tithed. Wow. You know, so whenever people wow. tell me that, oh, you know, I don't have enough tithe, I'm like, oh, I'm pretty sure you have. <laughs> Come on. <laughs> and that's the thing. If you're not faithful with little, you won't yes, be faithful with true. much. If you're not content with little, yeah. you won't be content with much. Yeah. If I wasn't tithing when I had $75, I won't tithe when I had mm -hmm. a lot more. Mm -hmm. And I think for me as well, I have known from a very earlier stage that God wants to use me in the workplace. Right. But it's a fine line between that and attaching my identity with what I achieve wow. and my title in the workplace. And ever since a young age, I've been very ambitious. I wanted to climb the you know, corporate ladder very, very quickly and found my identity through my work, my title, how much I was getting paid and all of that. And God took that away from me, you know, in my 20s. I lost my job not once, not twice, because I did. If you don't learn the lesson the first time, God's gonna teach you that again. <laughs> and Around so, yeah, <laughs> He took whatever you value more than God. I think He really teaches wow. a lesson. Yeah. He took that away. I thought I was, you know, like on top of the world, and I lost my job twice. And through that journey, I really learned to find my identity in God. Mm -hmm. And I think when you, when He can trust you with little, then He start to entrust yeah. you with more and yeah. more. Yeah. And so I think when I started to find that identity and with that, it came security. I no longer had to seek out validation from mm -hmm. how people perceived me, mm -hmm. whether people think I'm successful or not. It's it's completely peripheral to me now. Right. Um, I run my own race. Absolutely. I pursue the goal that God has entrusted for me. And I focus on His promise and not the circumstances that I'm wow. in. And so, you know, now I run a global enterprise. You know, um, mm -hmm. we've actually, um, and that in itself is a journey in terms of being content with the journey that God has put you on. Because I think when you start a business, the traditional pathway is that you go and raise capital. You find, you look for investors who invest your company. I still remember in that, during that early stage, I was looking for investors um, everywhere and I was driving back from a, yet another failed investment meeting. And I just cried out to God, you know, the, you know, um, liquid prayer that mm -hmm. God, I know you want me to do this, so why aren't you providing? Mm -hmm. And I still remember as I was driving, God said to me that you would take money from no one but me. Yeah. And that moment onwards, I stopped looking for external investor. Um, we just started selling our services and product. And to date, you know, um, we still have not taken external investment. Wow. And we've been able to fund our global and international growth, drive you know, double digit year on year growth completely from what we generate ourselves wow. and our, our revenue and profit. And so I think, but 
to say that that journey in itself is hard because not taking external investment means that we couldn't grow as exponential as my other peers were. Right. I was looking, oh my God, you've got triple digit growth. I'm only double, like, you know, and that sort of spirit of comparison, I think yeah. someone can really erode your contentment. Yeah. And that's when I think you have to go back to what has God called you to do. Yeah. And with that, you know, three, four years on, some of their businesses have actually dissolved, mm-hmm. you know, whereas we have just, you know, we're claiming territories and, you know, we're taking grounds for God. And so I think for me, contentment, what I've learned is it's a starting point. It's not a destination. Mm-hmm. Sometimes I hear people who go, oh, you know, I wish I can be content. I'll have all these and right. then I can be content. Yeah. Now it's actually the starting point. And I feel that when I became really content in my identity, mm-hmm. that's when I'm no longer content with what I do for God. I always want to do more for Him. I want to do more for His house. Mm-hmm. Um, and I think that's when you can start to be really effective so um, through, yeah, you know, to do the, the, the work for God. Wow. Wow. I, um, I just find conversation, I find conversations like this so rich mm. because everyone comes from a different perspective. But I, I love that this is, that we are all connected together, that we, mm. we all share that same heart. I just wonder, um, Sarah, you, you obviously, um, you, you have built this global um, equity inclusion, like people consult you on how to make that more effective. I just wonder if there's some sort of encouragement Mm. that you would like to share with the girls today. Yes. Where do I start? (laughs) Oh my goodness. So I think for me, um, in my journey, because we advise both um, governments, you know, public sectors, as well as private sectors, we work with, you know, some, if not most of the world's um, largest technology companies around how they can actually attract, retain and advance more women into leadership roles. And what I often hear is um, a desire for more confidence and boldness, right? Mm -hmm. And I really believe that, you know, just like the Bible has told us, you know, for the Spirit of God did not give us timidity. It gave us power, love and self-discipline. So I just really want to encourage that because for me, it's really about removing that timidness, you know, Mm -hmm. but finding security in God. And for me, when people say, hey, you know, be a vessel for God, I'm like, yeah, a vessel is good, but I want to be a weapon. (laughs) (laughs) You know, vessel for me feels a bit static, a bit, it's a container, a bit static, a bit passive, um, a little bit limiting almost. And that's when I feel, oh, it's a bit like contentment. It stops there. It stops with you. Mm -hmm. No, contentment, once you've got contentment, it starts with you. I want to be a weapon for God. You know, I want to claim territories. You know, I want to be the woman that when my, when I wake up in the morning, when my feet hits the ground, the devil says, he freaks out and go, (laughs) oh my goodness, she's up because I want to be that, you know, force, you know, for God. So I think I really want to encourage that, you know, um, for, you know, all the, you know, sisters and women and friends, God did not give us a spirit of timidity, but one of boldness and confidence Mm. and security and power um, and self-belief. And I think with that, we can achieve so much more for God. So great. Wow, that's amazing. You know, I think, um, you know, we can't talk about contentment without really talking about, you know, Jesus. And I mean, we've all shared our own 
parts of our relationship with Jesus. And I know, you know, there's girls on the other side of this camera in rooms, in um, maybe in your jammies, in your bed. So good for you. Um, you know, you could be online. And I know um, there's beautiful people that have been chatting online. But, um, you know, you may not um, have a relationship with Jesus. You may not have asked Him into your heart. And, you know, in every single one of our services, we would love to give people that opportunity to accept Jesus as their Lord and Saviour. And I think we don't, we cannot actually ever have true contentment without Jesus as that peace. He He's the central peace that gives us that true contentment that I lack nothing. Um, and so we'd just love to pray with you. Um, so I'm going to just pray a really simple prayer. And um, if you're going to pray this in your heart, just um, you can pray it out loud. You can pray it with um, a girlfriend if you're in a home. But Heavenly Father, I thank you for these beautiful women that have gathered around um, sisterhood today. And you see their heart. You see their longings. You see their desires. And we know above all that you are um, our heart's desire. And for those that don't know you yet and um, they're compelled to know You more. Would You fill that void within their life right now? And so, Father, we thank You for Your Son, Jesus, who died on a cross for our sin, for our salvation. And um, we believe right now that people are getting saved in these rooms. Um, on screens and they're making decisions for you. So we thank you, Father. Um, in your mighty name we pray, amen. amen. Amen, amen. Well, thank you so much for joining us today at the Friendship Table. I have, like I said, I, I love the conversation, but it just reminds me once again, you know, we're actually not that different to each other. Yeah. When, when you peel everything back, yeah. there's so much that is core to us, which allows us to connect when all of our lives can actually look so different. Yeah. Um, so I just pray that you enjoy great conversation with someone this week. Um, I know that people are meeting in the rooms. We'll um, lead the service from now on. But just before we go, I just would love, Katie, if you would pray over the girls. Yeah, beautiful. Father, I thank you for this opportunity to mm -hmm. gather around your word, to gather and share our testimony. Father God, we know that when we share our testimony, it helps us overcome by the blood of the Lamb and the word of our testimony. And Father, I thank you that our mm. testimony can be that you are good, you do good, you are true to your word. Yeah. And so Father, as we go into this week, um, Father, I pray, and even the conversations that, that follow this, mm. Lord God, that, that your word would be where we find contentment in Jesus. Father God, not looking at our circumstances, but Father, looking to Your Word. Mm. And Father, I thank You for Pastors Bobby and Brian, Lord God, and pray that You're with them. And, and um, God, I just thank You that this place exists, Lord God, to, to exhort and to encourage and to build Your body yes. and to build Your church. And so Father, I thank You that it's not just a building that's built up. Father God, it's our lives. Yes. And our lives are built on the cornerstone Jesus. Jesus. Yes. And so, Father, we thank you. That is your word that remains with us today. In Jesus' name we pray. Amen. 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 Thanks for joining us. We'll see you later. Bye. Thank you so much for tuning into this podcast. I hope you have found it encouraging and uplifting and helpful. Don't forget, you can subscribe on iTunes to make sure you get all of the latest episodes as soon as they're released. And if you have time, I'd love to hear from you. Write to me in the review or comments section. I look forward to being with you again next time.